My name is Jafar Iqbal, and this is Critically Speaking, difficult conversations about the arts and culture in Wales. Firstly, a very happy St David's Day to everyone who's celebrating. Today, when I record this, it's the 1st of March, a special day here in Wales, and I couldn't think of a better day to release the 8th and final episode of our first season. In total, this podcast has been 10 months in the making, and I'm so unbelievably proud of what we've achieved. I really can't thank everyone enough. Shane Nichols, of course, for helping me to produce and shape what this ended up being. Thanks to everyone that's listened to every episode, or just one episode, or to those of you who are listening to it in the future, having just discovered it. To the venues, the words of support, the feedback, the criticism, all of it has been gratefully appreciated. And obviously I have to thank all of our guests, because without them, there is no podcast. But we still have this podcast to get to, and I'm very excited to be sharing my conversation with photographer and filmmaker Safian Iqbal. Safian is a ball of charisma, full of enthusiasm and positivity. As a member of the deaf community, Safian has had to overcome a lot of obstacles, and you'll hear a lot of those stories shortly. But what really fascinated me is what brought Safian to the world of film and photography. I'm drawn to origin stories, and in some ways that's what this is. Safian is young and determined, and he's at the beginning of what will no doubt be a very successful career. I've just managed to catch him on the way up. So I think it's time we got to the chat. Welcome to episode 8, the final episode of season 1 of Critically Speaking. And I had an operation called cochlear implant, which is where I wear now. The first time I was here, I was baby crying and dog barking. So then, after that, like a year later, I started having therapy, learning how to talk. How old were you when you first heard a baby crying? About 12 years old. How was that? To be honest, I cried and happy. It's the first time I was here, me proper, so very happy and very emotional. Has your family always been very supportive? Do they all speak sign language? Used to. Since I had that, and they stopped signing, so they'd be used to talking a lot. And they learn a lot of sign language, just in case if I can't hear really well. What do you think of the deaf community in Wales? To be with the deaf people, I felt more involved because it makes my life more easier. You know, like when you talk to people and I get tired reading lip read or hear, trying to understand what they're saying, I'm happy to talk anyone, but... With deaf people, if I can't be really well, I just sign in with deaf people and they know how I feel or I know how they feel because it's something we relate together. But one thing I get really tired because of the processor cochlear implant, I have to really breathe and hear the noise thing and trying to understand what they're saying and all the same time and that brain is processing, that's more tiring than sign language. Do you think you'll ever get used to it? To be honest, I don't know. But me breathing and here is probably most tiring because I don't need breathing everything. I just pick up what the word saying and hear everything at the same time, like maybe background noise, people talking, you know, things like that. It probably works the same, I feel, but who knows? 
How did you get interested in photography? Good question. Since I left school in 2013, already just typing in computer stuff. So I got in uh, college in McBrayer College, doing an IT course. You know, I always do like typing in spreadsheets and making a website. It really sounds interesting. But one of my good friends, Johnny Cutting, have asked me, do you be interesting? Do you like making films and photography and things like that? So he took me to Bristol, which is BBC C here. They did a film workshop for two days. So I joined that and they taught me all the filming tips. So when I tried it, it was amazing. It's quite clever. How did you film this, this and that? And how can you make it really good cinematic when you're making a film? So when I done that, and I showed this to Warfest the year after, and people love it and they asked me, how did you do this, this and that? How did you get this person to teach me things like that? The next day, I have so many ideas I want to do in the future. So I started cracking on it, and now I'm supporting the um, cinema theatre, and chapter art, second prize theatre, and short film my own stuff for fun. And that's how I stuck to it. I don't have any favourite artist. It's just something I enjoy the most. Did you enjoy film as a kid? Yeah, and when I was little, I used to watch Justice Lee, Marbles, and all the programme. I just kept watching and watching and watching. What do you prefer, DC or Marvel? That's a question. <laughs> hard question. I support Flash in DC Comics. Okay. But unlike Captain America in, and Daredevil in Marvel, but more DC Comics than Marvel, it's hard to say. I don't agree, but it's okay. <laughs> Everyone's different views. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyway, so I kept watching and watching and watching different things. I never get bored watching that. I never stopped. Mm. And that inspired me to uh, making a short film and uh, taking a photo. What work do you do with the Sherman and Chapter? For Sherman Theatre, I started volunteering to be a photographer, taking a picture of people during the daytime. And then last year or the year before, I started to make it a VSL prior. So basically, it's a video. It's for the deaf people trying to understand, find the story, what it's about, and what information do deaf want to know, and how to get a ticket. So me and Johnny found a person who was deaf can sign. So I made this one to promote for deaf people, which we call it group Streaming Deaf Club. That's in bit in Streaming Theatre. But we wanted to make it more acceptable for the deaf people. You know, I've heard a lot of them really enjoy watching a theatre play. So we made that happen. And that's how I've started. But before that, Johnny Catting have asked me to get involved in streaming theatre. And that's how I started with them. How long have you known Johnny? I think about two, three years ago, I think. Is he a big influence on your life? I see what he's doing. And... Um, Exactly what I'm similar to him, but he always helps me what I want to do because he had done it in the past. Is the whole deaf community like that? Is everyone very supportive? Yes, quite a lot of supportive. A person in NGTS, which is National Deaf Children Society, has helped me a lot 
because my mum would struggle and don't know what to do because it was the first time for me having a deaf child. So saying they had a lot and then I moved on to Deaf Club, which is Cardiff, Newport Road. There was a youth worker called Stuart Patterson. He helps me a lot, think I need help. Especially when a lot of people who are not aware of deaf people and they just tried to talk to me and couldn't see face to face when you talk or you know, think background noise and try to pick up what this person's saying. So I'm struggling and really stressful. But the Deaf Club is my second family. They do the package to help me making a CV and help me understanding like English, grammar and things, understanding what it means or how to write like explain it when I write down. When you have that situation where there's a lot of people and they don't understand that you're deaf, how do you respond? How do you cope with that? I get so tired, keep telling them or tell them again and again and again. You know? Is it is it frustrating? Frustrating, stressful and pressure. Can you imagine if you're working with someone else in the future who are deaf and they probably will be here or understand what they try to say or can you write down, you know, this this and this? Yeah, it's really stressful and pressure, but I decide not to give up. So I have to keep going, keep going until I get what I need. Where does that come from? So when I see deaf people doing their job that they love doing, when I see them, that really makes me feel passionate about it because it's showing the people they can do it. No matter how much you can hear or struggle, you're showing the people that that can do it, and that makes me feel passionate. Was there ever a time you didn't think that? I'm really lucky that I had all the good friends who are deaf, but I don't feel comfortable talking or communicating with all the mixed people because I don't really know them, or I don't feel like I want to talk to them because they bullied, saying, oh, you deaf, you can't do this, this, and that. So that's why I don't feel like talking to people, but I have a deaf friend. I talk to them all the time because we are related feelings. So I get bullied and I just don't talk to people about it because I know, do I trust them? Are you still friends with that friend? Yes, we are still friends. We uh, grew up in a primary school and high school, but still carry on friends. You're from Cardiff, was that? Yes, I'm from Cardiff. My parents from Pakistan. Did they have any understanding of deafness? No, really. My mum don't mind, but she would really struggle and stressing around. How can she communicate with me? Because I couldn't talk. Whenever of a teacher from school, I've asked my mum to come over to a BSL level one course. She signed to me and it made me talk to her because I couldn't talk, but I signed a lot. How did that feel, that moment? I feel happy, feel involved more with my mum because she's shining and I shine at the same time, so then we can understand each other. Every day I do something new, I show my mum and my family when I get home after college from work and she's really proud because she's worried about me. Since I joined BBC, it's my show, see here. And then ITV now, winning in partnership. My mum says, wow, I'm so proud of you. And she kept telling everyone on the contact phone, every single contact on the phone, and she kept telling each person, saying, my son is working ITV, I'm so proud.
Yeah. That's lovely. And, uh, and then on Facebook and Twitter, there was hundreds of them comments. Well, then, you make me not to give up. You are a deaf role model to all my kids. That's what all the people show that on there. Do, do you think you're a deaf role model? Oh, yes. I think it's really important because any kids who are not see it, a person who works like ITV, like me, they wasn't able to work in the future. I don't know what they want to do or never see. But some people told me I am the only one person who are deaf works with ITV in Wales. Wow. You know, like a lot of deaf people who work in England, but we're not in Wales. I work hard, so I, every day I learn things. I don't have time to sleep. I sleep in like a few hours, but I will learn, get all the words done. For example, you're talking about that picking, like, on the camera, but you don't realise you thought as an animal. So I learn that every day, a few words a day, and explain what you stand for, this, this, and that. Then two weeks later, I know them all. I want to get repair ready. When you go out on location with filming, you go, if someone asks me this word, you go, I, I know this word and I hope you know kind of thing. Were they surprised that you knew? <laughs> yeah, um, there's one Davis who are a producer on our TV. You sat down and cash up and, and you opened a book and you pointed, do you know what that is? And I just explained to turn with these and she go, <laughs> you know, he didn't realise and not surprised. Do you enjoy proving people wrong. Yes, you know, it's fun doing that. <laughs> but really... Why is it fun? You know, when you do everything you say, you can't do this and do that. But if I'm doing something, um, show them, this is what I've done, this is what I do, this and that. That's something I do and I don't know. Yeah. No? Yeah. Good. You said you were a deaf role model. Do you think you're a South Asian role model? Because there aren't a lot of Asian artists in Wales. I never thought about that. <laughs> it's the first time you ask me a question. I never thought about that. Yeah. But why not? I can be... Do you think you have a responsibility as a deaf person for other deaf people? Yes. Because I think it's really important for the young deaf people. They are schools, college, university, and they're not really supportive. In what way? Communication. You don't want to sit talking to a deaf person. They basically they turn face away and then start talking or you gave them really hard work they never heard of or if your hand covering your mouth and you're talking, how can they see and they're breathing when you see their faces? So my response, I wanted to help deaf people to make it more easier and be more accessible. Was that your experience at school, like with teachers? Was it not supportive? Yes, for the hearing the teacher, I feel like they're not aware of deaf people. I think the first time they tried it with deaf people, you keep nervous and you keep covering your mouth and also some teacher to keep writing on the whiteboard and how can I see his face, you know? All the people, students in my classroom, make so much noise and I'm trying to concentrate on the person and also they just talk too fast, they not slow down, you know, they make the words harder and then college, they just get angrier and really? angrier for no reason, you know. For example, I was in doing the temperature stuff and he was talking too fast. He makes so much work difficult. I never heard of that word. How can I understand what it means? So I hand up and, and ask the teacher, could you slow down please and explain what that means? He stand up, he was shouting me. He sent me out of the room. Did he know you were deaf? Yeah. 
And he said, oh, that's because my first language is Spanish. Come on, it's nothing to do with language. You have to find different ways to communicate. I want to make it better, but there's nothing we can do about it. What do you think can be done to make it better? To make it improve better is have awareness week okay. for the social media and then you need to go to a course and learn sign language and level one, two and three. Learning the basics. So when you come to college school, you sign, you, you talk in a more sign. Have you gone back to your old school? Yes. I come back visit about three, four times, I think. Has it improved? A few times before, no. But last year I came back because it's one of the old teachers called Mrs. Potton. She's retired for the deaf younger school, so we had a surprise in, as a party. First time, finally last year, a lot of teachers, they started signing properly. Oh wow. So I'm really happy, finally, to start doing properly for yourself. They're doing the right way of signing instead of signing from We don't want that, we want it proper for yourself. So that's the first time I've seen them last year in a party in school. I think feel like it will be improving better, but what I want all the teachers is maybe showing a few basic, you know, in the classroom and all the hearing people around you, maybe try to shine. Do you think BSL should be taught in schools like other languages? Yes, they should, because a lot of deaf people, they first language is BSL and then English and then different languages. I feel it need to be more taught BSL in school. What about in the arts? So you've worked with the Sherman and you've worked with ITV. Is there anything that could be improved there? To be honest with you, in Sherman Theatre, first time, they struggle like learning the single time with Sherman Theatre. A few months later, they start knowing more and more and more better because we had interpreter and some people started to learn. So I'm happy that it's proven better. But for ITV, they respect me, they get everything I need. So when I talk to people, they slow down when I talk, they face to face, and they make sure everything I need, make sure I feel including with ITV. ITV all the staff never said no when I need help. When you're stuck in the barriers, you'd be stuck, but they try different ways. You jump over, trying different ways, so if that didn't work, try different ways of doing it. Well, ITV was the only one that never said no. Have you heard a lot of no in your life? Yes. It says no. That's all I can hear, no. Or it doesn't matter. Or I can't be bothered to help you. whole thing I deal with other people. Mm. Yeah, but not like ITV did that. That's brilliant. I want to say something else. Yeah. Have you ever heard called Cardiff Death Creative Pants? No. So we've started that last year. Okay. So basically, you know, a lot of deaf trials, hearing parents who really struggle, really angry and upset. It's because school, teachers, college don't get advice supported for the deaf child. So I am one of a volunteering in a group called Cardiff Deaf Greater Pans. We are facing in Portugal, Cardiff Deaf Centre. The reason I'm involved it's because I don't want all the deaf child to become what I have in my past experience with all the communication, hearing, all that thing. What do you do? So my job is to be trustee and a filmmaker and promote for sign language video, 
and helping fundraising money. And how many people are there? How many volunteers are there? At the start, it's only few, but now it's getting bigger. I probably I think it's more than six people volunteering. And everyone is deaf? No, we have a mix of hearing and deaf, but we merge it together so then we can help to make sure that all the deaf trials get right supported, know how to make a friend, right communication. I think Cardiff Deaf Greater Plan is most important for the deaf child. We are deploying them to make sure everything is okay. I should say, Julia, hello. Hello. You are the BSL interpreter today? I am the BSL interpreter. Yeah, thank you so much for wearing And thank you. And that's the end of Season 1 of Critically Speaking. Episode 8 was recorded, hosted and edited by me, Jafar Iqbal. The podcast has been produced by Shane Nichols, who also provided sound support. Thank you again to the Wells Millennium Centre for giving us the space to record, and thanks to Safian for his time. I say it each time, but I'll keep on saying it. Thank you again to all of you for listening. As always, we'd love for you to engage with us on social media and tell us your thoughts. You can find us at critic underscore speak on Twitter, critically.speaking on Instagram, and you can search for the Critically Speaking Facebook page. I'm not quite sure when we'll be back, but you can rest assured that we definitely will be. But for now, one final time, thank you, diach, and goodbye.